0: All the uh, I'm so delighted. So, everybody took their time and effort uh, to put either voice notes or some people send me messages. I think most of you guys did, some may not have all the time. I'm so thankful and I'm excited. Uh, You guys have grown a lot. Some of them were like even enlightening to me. So, very good. I'm very impressed with my students, (laughs) I would say. So, God is helping us. the wisdom spirit of wisdom and understanding slowly in works is revealing more truths and i believe it was also i mean i would like to hear from you guys like when you guys tried to figure out more was it good how did it feel yeah if anyone
1: wants to share
2: I've been thinking of it every day, where is it where uh, I read it, Seer um, and I were doing research together. I was doing the research and he was still listening, okay. Ah, okay. So, but then uh, I, I asked him to explain, that's how we recorded and all. But I I was somehow was not able to write, so I was sitting and thinking and thinking and thinking. Then I remembered God was telling, even Adam and his time also, he was there. And that's how it's started. Then you can see him in every presence telling even in marriage, husband and wife and God is present. so he is
0: he's is there.
2: So places right. you find every
3: relationship God is dwelling
0: right It's amazing how Holy Spirit is revealing it to different people in different right. uh, ways, yeah, the same concept, but so, right spiritual truths coming out of different people so it's all always unique when spirit works st paul says the gifts are from the same spirit it manifests in different ways for the common good mm-hmm. same thing happens uh, the way the spirit of wisdom spirit of understanding reveals it's not the same it's unique it's more like every every child is unique right uh, when a man and woman come together the each child of their that marriage would be unique because that's how, when God comes, Holy Spirit comes together with the human spirit, the outcome, uh, the new gener- the new creation is unique in every aspect. Uh, so, but it's all revealing God's, the spiritual kingdom secrets to all of us. So, it's pretty good.
1: Yeah. Anybody else?
0: Roshan, especially you, I hope were are really touched by that. Right? If you want to share some
2: Yeah, I was uh, uh, really touched when I was going through, uh, when I was doing the research. And uh, I was sharing with brother that uh, um, at the tabernacle, uh, especially when entering the Holy of Holies, um, only the high priest could enter the Holy of Holies. And there were a lot of guidelines, and only once in a year that uh, the high priest uh, could enter. And uh, today, uh, at uh, the sanctuary, our sanctuary, I almost enter the sanctuary every day. And uh, almost every day, I open and close the tabernacle, hold the body of Christ in my hand, um, and basically distribute the living mana uh, to the body of Christ, to the congregation. Um, and uh, what uh, t- touched me was, you know, how blessed I am, uh, how fortunate I am, uh, even though I'm not worthy, uh, I did have the feeling. And then uh, at that point of time, uh, to, just to cut it short, I was reminded of uh, our uh, father, Joseph uh, Edut, who had come uh, during the uh, retreat, Lenten retreat. That even for Elijah, uh, God used ravens, you know, because we, I was just thinking that, you know, we are not worthy to be in his presence. And um, it's just an amazing feeling. And uh, I was just say, sharing with brother that uh, probably the next time I enter the sanctuary and, um, and I'm in front of the tabernacle, I might just uh, burst out crying, you know. So, uh, yeah uh, each one of us have a different um, attached in a different way, and uh, it's just um, uh, just in awe of how uh, our Lord is using us and uh,
0: amazing. Yeah.
2: I can't express
0: I yeah so it's it's a fact that how ignorant we are right about the great privilege we have when we go yes. to his mass and receive uh, our communion with your God, getting into his presence, we take it for granted. Uh, church teaches us that we should be going for confession, getting rid of sins, because it's such a holy thing to do, to enter the presence, similar to that sacrifice Holy High Priest has to do. But we don't, we don't, under, even though we understand, we now know the knowledge, it hasn't turned into like like a reality to us, right? Sometimes we also, those are the things when when we research in the Bible, when we are dwelling into the word of God, Holy Spirit, there's a great difference between preaching, listening to preaching. And when you figure out, when you sit with Holy Spirit, when he reveals the word of God to us, to each of us, it's totally different. That's something I learned from my own life. Because when I preach or let's say if you're listening to somebody else preaching, he's preaching either from his own knowledge or sometimes he's a blessed, anointed one who is actually working with the Holy Spirit to reveal the truth. He, in his mind, is completely clear about what he's speaking. That has become a reality to him and then he's expressing it. But when that pronounced word, "rema" comes into the listener, it may not produce a similar effect. We know about the parable, right? Depending on how the heart is of that listener, how much prepared he is to receive it, the effect is different. It's varying. Sometimes they may not get anything. Sometimes it'll be 30 percentage or 50 percent. Sometimes it's 100% because there's so no much distractions in between. Uh, the heart may not be ready to perceive the same reality as the preacher is saying. But when the Holy Spirit is revealing something into your mind, there's no, no hindrance to it. It's more like it's imprinted into your life. It comes into your mind in such a way, such with like portion like you explained, he couldn't hold back his tears because it's imprinting. It's being, the Holy Spirit is one with us. The way he talks is completely different from a preacher talks. Even though the preacher is inspired by the Holy Spirit with our limited ability of human being, we may not be able to convey it, both the preacher's side and also the receiver's side. But when from the spirit it comes to a soul, that's different. That's way, way different. So always try to figure out, try to dwell in the word of God. Now we had a situation where we had a homework that was created by the session and then we spent time, but we could have done this without anything. What if we started doing this 10 years back and they did every single day? We would be completely transformed by the Holy Spirit because that's how every time when we know the truth, who reveals the truth, spirit of truth, Holy Spirit, will take from Christ Jesus and implant into our mind. That area will change. Our personalities will change. Our knowledge level, the wisdom level, our closeness to God, the ability of Holy Spirit to take control of our mind and our body and thereby manifesting miracles, all will change. But for that, one has to be ready to dwell in the word of God along holding the hands of Holy Spirit which means we have to spend time with Holy Spirit, which means we should be ready and committed to do it. So this homework, more than revealing the tabernacle experience or the knowledge of tabernacle, should have taught us how dwelling in the word of God, Holy Spirit will be rushing into our mind to give us the spiritual truth. So he doesn't look at that person. He doesn't have any partiality that Joe is special or this Rajiv brother is special. Never. He is waiting to reveal as long as we are willing to seek. So let this experience, maybe we didn't have that experience or at least we are hearing from people who is having that experience, right? So we should encourage ourselves more, change our days to sit more with the word of God, with all of us, but ask him questions, not just read Bible, study Bible, ask, seek, then he will will be revealed to us. Topic-wise, we are going through, so I'm very happy, like 1 Peter 2.9, this is what St. Paul understood. He said, we are a royal priesthood. Now, we are not just normal sinners. That's what we identify with all the time. But now St. Paul is saying you are a king, you are royalty and you are also priest. Which means we, when we walk into that altar, when we go into that Holy of Holies, we have the right to enter to the Holy of Holies as a priest. He's not talking about Christ being the High Priest. He's talking about we entering into the Holy, Holy of Holies as a priest. So we should understand ourselves a little differently. We should start thinking of ourselves in a much higher realm, that's where God looks at us and says, you are a priest. You have the authority to come. So come, my dear son, my dear daughter, you are a priest. By It was given to us freely by Christ. So we should have that kind of understanding when we go through this exercise. So let, I hope this will encourage you to spend more time with the Holy Spirit, dwell deeper into the world, Okay, let's see if anybody else wants to share. Then we'll get to Hi, the top.
1: It's me. Yeah. Uh, I went as per
3: the Bible verses from Leviticus and Exodus. A lot of revelations came through my mind. As in the main thing was in First uh, Kings chapter 6 the entire chapter related to Solomon's temple. That was very touching for me because that shows the exact present temple, the construction. Basically, they had the three parts, uh, the outer court, the holy place, and the holy of the holies. Therefore, there's no way we could speak about Jesus Christ without speaking about the temple, that's the church. Their relationship is so great that is impossible to dissociate one from the other. And I went each and everything step-by-step to understand what each one says about the altar. There are three parts, right, which we said about. The main thing is the altar. The altar where God was so pleased that any burnt offering was being made on the altar, you would love to take the smell, you know. So the same way that particular altar, Jesus was sacrificed
1: himself for our salvation. And there's a gate which has one axis.
3: And for me, it represents Jesus because Jesus said in John chapter uh, 9, John chapter 10 verses 9, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. So this is what, for me, I'm associated to these workers and this has helped and touched me. And also there's a cross where I told about, discussed about you, brother. It has each and every tribes, the North, South, East and West, the tribe of, uh, and
1: let
3: me fill my notes because I can't remember each and every tribes. Yeah, the camp was built in the Israel, where on the north, it was camp of Dan, and on the south, camp of Reuben, Reuben. And on the west, it was camp of Epirin, if I'm pronouncing correctly. And on the east, it was the camp of Judah. So it also shows the way the camp was made, it was in the same way, the present life, where Jesus was himself sacrificed and died on the cross. So,
0: yeah. right. So, yeah. Like I mentioned, everybody was giving me examples in a completely different way, which shows that how Holy Spirit is working in all of us and pointing us to Christ. Um, it's amazing. Like at some point, we might be thinking that Old Testament is boring. Like Old Testament is old. We believe in New Testament, Jesus, disciples, and resurrection, etc. But once we start understanding that Jesus Christ is in the Old Testament, every page you turn in the Old Testament, you'll find Jesus. In fact, Jesus is all over written in the Old Testament. He himself said, right, all the prophets, they were talking about me. And he exposed all that to uh, disciples on the way to Moses. So he himself was mentioning it. But when we realized I mean, for, for the majority of my life, I never thought Old Testament was relevant or even Jesus was there in the Old Testament. Then now it's amazing. like, all, We don't need New Testament to even preach. When, when we take a small portion of uh, Old Testament, like Tabernacle, we can preach on it for so many sessions about Jesus. Everything in there is Jesus. Everything in there is Christ. Where you need to go back to Genesis, there is Christ. Every prophet, every judge, everybody is a shadow of Christ. So the Bible is amazing. It can change us. It it should change us. So if if we were thinking it's more like a holy book and we were reading it out of just during prayer time just read it and then leave it there, that won't change. We had to study. So let's make that commitment that I will be exploring more and along along with the sessions which we are going make, make you don't afford to understand things. That's the only way we can renew our mind. Remember it's all about renewing our mind. The renewal of mind will come or I would say it's to be put short. It's all about converting or conquering knowledge by our faith. We should walk by faith not by knowledge. But the faith comes only through knowing the word of God. When Christ is being preached, when Holy Spirit takes that Word of God and converts it to into an understanding and wisdom, and a truth into our body, our mind, that that frees us. from that gives you a liberty. That gives you faith. Faith comes from hearing, uh, hearing from a preaching or Word of God. So faith, having faith or building faith. That's why faith is a gift of Holy Spirit, which means this gift is being transferred into us while we are exploring the word of God with the help of Holy Spirit. So that's the only way to renew our mind. Keep asking, keep working with Holy Spirit about, and scripture is given for that. Or I would say convert the logos into rhema in our own mind. That scripture which is written should start speaking to you through the mouth of Holy Spirit. That spoken word. And rema when rema hits you, you will be changed. rema has power. Scripture is needed. When, that, when, when Holy Spirit works on it, just like in the beginning, the earth was void, now, etc. But when but the when Holy Spirit was hovering over it and the word of God came and hit it, creation happened. Same way. It's all symbolic. Same thing we have to work on. Otherwise, there's no way we can change. No attending so many retreats, but without allowing our mind to work with Holy Spirit. No point. Yes, those are great opportunities. That's where we should be going, but we should have the right mindset. We should work on it. Just going and listening about great exercising or listening about understanding about your nutrition and how body works biology won't make you a healthy man. You have to take it, we have to work on it, you have to uh, then follow it, and then you will realize the gains. It, will happen, it won't happen overnight, but once you understand it, you apply, and it becomes worthwhile for us. So same, same thing, we have to apply in spiritual. So that's where we should be focusing on every day, but instead we end up focusing on the world. We are worried about our future. We are worried about our past, what will happen there. We have been distracted. The enemy's enemy's idea is to distract us from God. And he uses all kinds of means. So it's our responsibility to walk with faith, not walk by sight or basically walk by emotions or what you see around us. Do not let your emotions control your mind. You should always walk in faith which means I have to understand the unseen. I need to ask and I understand what's there in unseen and then make it happen here. The manifestation of the unseen should happen in my life. So that's where our mind should be focused on, not where my emotions are being triggered. Oh, tomorrow this is happening. In the past this happened. I'm weak. I'm sinful. There are many emotions coming up, right? Even, so we should not be driven by emotions. We should be driven by the word of God. The truth will reveal to us. That's the faith thing. So going back to our current topic, the tabernacle. So you guys did very well with the homework, and I'm hoping everybody understood the concept of temple, the tabernacle. It had mainly three parts. But remember, our actual topic is entering the presence of God. Right. So we start with the tabernacle. Tabernacle had three parts. What are the three parts? the altar the, the outer court, court the, the outer court the holy place the, and place the holy of, of holies. The, the outer court holy of the holy place and then the third one holy of holies holy of holy all altogether it was 45 feet lengthwise yes. 30 feet um, holy of the holy place and then 15 feet holy of holies so holy of holies was 15 by 15 by 15 a perfect cube 15 feet height, 15 feet width, 15 feet length, breadth So it's a cube structure. And in the Holy of Holies, they had to keep the Ark of Covenant with the yes. And in the Ark of Covenant, we know that there are manna. There are three things kept, right? Manna, the Aaron's Road and then what the tablets. Uh-huh. And this was a mobile structure, which has to be carried. It's a temporary tent. They carry. Every time they move, and remember when we were discussing about crossing, let's see, we mentioned there were how was the Holy Spirit, how was the presence of God? Were there the Holy Spirit was there as a pillar of
1: fire or pillar
0: of cloud? So when you Read through the tabernacle thing. Tabernacle, you understand that in the Holy of Holies, above the Holy of Holies and the tent, that's where the pillar of fire and pillar of cloud will appear. That's how the presence was there, in the um, outside, in in the cloud. And then in the holy place, there were few things kept. It was very specific, right? Moses was called upon to the mountain and then God gave him specific instructions to build this tabernacle into such details. And then if you dig deep enough, you will will understand, you will see that God spoke to Moses about tabernacles seven times. God spoke seven times about tabernacle, how to create each one. And last one is about obtaining, uh, 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 performing the Sabbath. Have you heard of, now we are trying to dig a little bit more deeper. When, can you see a similar structure anywhere else in one of the biblical books? Like God speaking seven times about a specific thing. Seven to
3: seven th- Seven
0: okay. to seven times. Th- okay. seven th- Right, seventy but times seven. Yeah. God, spoke. God spoke. God spoke. God spoke. God spoke seven times, repeated. Not that one. Seven, yeah. seven,
3: 77 times. Creation. Yeah, seven
0: times, creation. seven times. Creation. No. Creation. See, God spoke. Right, God yeah. spoke. There be light. God spoke, and then He created.
3: So, ah, seven. Praise
0: Lord. See you. So there is a similar pattern where God is speaking seven times, and what is He creating? He's creating
1: entering,
0: <inaudible> animals, everything he created the wall creation now when we speak about church or temple we immediately think about our Catholic Church or wherever you are going to a place of worship right if if we talk about if Jews think about a temple it's about the syn- not the synagogue but the temple in Jerusalem you, you should understand the difference between synagogue and temple by the way society not Synagogue is not, there were many synagogues, but there will be only one temple. The temple was not a man-made structure. It was given, ordained by God himself from a heavenly command that I am going to manifest my presence in a particular place and this has to be the structure of it. This was a heavenly thing. It was supernatural. It's not like somebody build a temple and declare that, okay, I'm going to worship this particular divine being here. No, it's not like that. Many temples are like that. But the temple in Bible, in the Old Testament, or Jewish temple, is a supernatural, I would say, where heaven meets earth, supernatural thing. And then in different cities, they had synagogues where they will come, come together and discuss scriptures and etc. but they will never claim Heavenly or divine persons in the synagogues. in the temple, once in a year, they will come back for the great feast. So that's the difference. Theres only one temple and then many synagogues for Jewish people. So do you think the early Christians, where did they worship? Did they have a church? Where did they come to go for when they say like a place of worship? okay well, okay, where should we go? Where did we they
1: go? Hmm? Is you
3: gather
2: together?
0: They gathered together <laughs> where? At their homes. They definitely gathered <laughs> together. But where was where did they go initially? Is it in the New Testament, brother? You're referring to the old testament? New Testament after Jesus. This is something we always miss. We think
1: the homes that, no?
0: In the homes, uh, many places where. Upper room. Yeah, upper room is where they had the Holy Spirit. And then, the church, right after the church was born, there were 3,000 plus people. And what was the occasion?
3: Pentecost.
0: Occasions uh, that uh, Pentecost. multiple. On, you know, Pentecost is not a Christian thing, right? It's in the Old Testament. Because that's the day Jewish people were from all over the exile. They were all supposed to come back to Jerusalem for what? For that feast. What was the significance of feast? That's when everybody will so different they were all Jews, but they were speaking different languages. Why? They were in exile in different places. But on that particular day, they will travel to Jerusalem to worship in the temple. But there's only one temple. That's only in Jerusalem. They may have synagogues everywhere they're living, but the temple is where God's presence is. So on that great day in the Pentecost, they will gather, they came back. And same day on the Pentecost Day, it happened that Holy Spirit came upon the disciples. So Pentecost is not a Christian feast. But Pentecost is when Holy Spirit descended on the early disciples when everybody was there. So, 3,000 people got converted. What religion were they? Can I any guess? They were mostly Jews, right? Because Jews. they were... Judaism. Let, let's say 3,000 Jewish people came to the understanding that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. They don't have a new religion yet. There's no Catholic, right? There's no Jacobite. There's nothing else, no Protestant. But they are Jewish people who came to the realization that their white Messiah was Jesus Christ. So where did they, where did they go for worshipping? From, from their perspective, they're still who? Jewish people. Jewish. Yeah. Where, where they go, They went to the temple. They went to the synagogues. That's where they were debating. That's where they were Proclaiming and studying all this. That's where the worship they went back. And until Jewish people banned them, saying, Okay, you guys are not really Jewish people, you are like a cult. Now you don't enter our mm-hmm. worship. Center. That's when they ended up moving out. So until then, the place of worship was synagogues and temple. Jesus himself, where did he start his mission? In the temple. Synagogue and temple, right? yeah. in, in, in synagogues. He walk, walked around, he went to synagogues, taught the same thing disciples did too. In the Acts, you will read that they were going to the synagogues and teaching. Yes. So, we should not be, when we listen, to, like when we think about church or temple or tabernacle, don't think that these are religion-specific buildings. It's more like Yes, unfortunately, that's like we have, we are living in a generation where we think that God only exists in church. In the Old Testament, it is clearly written, right? Who can contain you? The earth is your footstool. Heavens you created. Heavens cannot contain you. How can Solomon himself say, how can a place I created contain the heaven, I mean, Yahweh, you cannot be contained. We are not saying that God is only appearing in the church or in the temple, but from the heaven, God has given a promise saying that, build a particular place and I will show or manifest my presence in there. That's the covenant. Not that God will come and God is contained in the church. God is contained in the temple. No. He is omnipotent. He is omnipresent. But he decides to manifest his presence in a certain particular location. And he gives specific instructions. That's what tabernacle is. So we were talking about seven times he spoke. So we, Let's go back a little. Rewind a little bit in the story. Where did we hear the same thing God spoke seven times in the creation story? What does tabernacle means? What's the meaning of tabernacle? The, the dwelling place. The, the house of God. or it's a, It says it's a dwelling place. Yeah. Where God dwells, that's a, that's tabernacle. What was the first temple? Where was the first temple? If that's the definition. It's a dwelling place of God with men. Right? That's the definition of tabernacle. Now, Let's think or tell me what was the first temple? What was the first dwelling place? What was the first tabernacle in that sense?
1: Guardian
3: Garden
0: sense. of
1: Eden. Garden is, of, is word. Eden. His Eden. word.
0: Garden of Eden. Garden of Eden was the first temple where God was dwelling with Adam and okay. Eve. Right? It's creation. Yeah. In creation, he spoke seven times. He spoke seven times to create, in order, everything. And then he said, I'm going to place this man who I formed in a particular place. And where was the garden? Uh, Where was it? Uh, Let me read from the Genesis. In Genesis 2.8, do we know where the... So it's specifically say, Genesis 2.8. And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he put the man whom he had formed. So God is creating, same way he is telling Moses to create a specific place where he will be present and is giving instruction how to approach him. Here in Genesis 2.8, we are here saying, he, God planted a garden in Eden. God himself is creating a dwelling place in the east, and there he is putting the man whom he is formed, and we know that Adam and Eve was walking with in the presence of God, in Garden of Eden. They were, they were able to communicate. They were
1: able to be in the presence of each other, and then what happened?
0: That was a temple setting. not came there. Yeah, but what happened to the present? The their mutual exchange of presents, right? They were freely able to engage with each other. And in Genesis three twenty four, we read, he drove out man and at the east of the garden of Eden, he placed the cherubim and a flaming sword that turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. What happened to that temple? What happened to that dwelling place of God? Now God is... Right. So in that temple, that temple structure has been altered where God had been freely mingling with or the presence of God was manifesting with humans. Suddenly something changed. God is pulling man out of that place. He drove out the man and, and what happened? At the east, the Garden of Eden... What happened? Cherubim, God is placing, basically there's a hindrance now. Right? God cannot enter the dwelling place. In that temple setting, we cannot enter where God, God is present. Why? Because God has put Cherubim. They are they're, they're guard, guarding the most secret places, more, most holy places. Cherubim is the angelic beings guard. God. So it, it's a plural, it's not one Cherubim. Cherubim means multiple angelic beings is guarding the entrance of that temple, right? Garden of Eden, but it's actually was a setting where God was meeting people, God was meeting human beings. So that's been guarded by angelic beings. Now let's come back to Tabernacle. That's the second temple setting we are seeing, right? After Garden of Eden, after this happened, that God Drove out the man. Man went, went back when uh, he became foreign state because he is not longer in the presence of God. He went through all kinds of crazy, sinful scenarios, and all that. We read all about that. Then God is again coming back to Israel, his chosen people, and again speaks seven times. I'm going to speak, create a new temple. Which Eden was a shadow of the new one, and then again the same thing, seven times he spoke. And Moses, I mean, it's it's pretty interesting how Moses also God speaks, he sees that and then he's like, This is good. I the Moses also did the same, and God bless each creation. Moses does the same thing. Moses sees that okay, according to what he has commanded Israel people, they have built the tabernacle, and he was pleased and he blessed them. This is the Bible, this is the verse. Same thing God did. So you can see the similarities, how the hidden, uh, the spiritual meaning, the new tabernacle is being set up now between the Holy of Holies and the, the holy place. What is
1: there?
3: The sanctuary. Uh,
0: no. Okay, we have. So the temple is supposed to face east, right? Yes. So the people will enter from the east. The garden was facing east. Yeah. People were, the, Adam and Eve was expelled out of the garden to the, to the east and they put a hindrance in the east side so that they won't be able to come in. Now the tabernacle also is facing east and people will be walking from the east side entering it. And well, I'd say the, only the priest can enter, the priest can enter the holy place, but only the high priest can enter Holy of Holies, that too, once in a year the, during the Day of Atonement. And along with so much specific steps he has to take to purify him and the garments and all that details, even with that, he will go into the Holy of Holies and with... Uh, he Would he see the presence of God? He will not, right? First of all, God's presence in the tabernacle is a cloud Specifically, Bible says that so that the high priest will not see the presence and die. And also so he's having the incense. So the smoke will come out and blur his vision that will, I will not see the presence of God. So that's the, that much detail. But between the holy of holies and the holy place, what's a significant piece? There are many things in the holy place. But to enter into the holy of holies, the high priest has to go through what?
3: Cotton?
0: The cotton, Good. or the whale, the whale yeah. and on the whale, what is there, it's specifically the, 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 it
3: was... oh. Oh. the cotton, yeah. it
0: has to be made with certain colors, purple, etc., but there was a picture on it. What is the picture?
1: Cherubins?
0: Cherubins. See, now you see the same thing, right? In God's children, they are cherubims all around guarding the holy of holies or the, the presence of God. Same thing now enacted in the tabernacle where in in physical terminology or uh, let's say in human terminology, God is telling, okay, now you cannot enter. The, there's a shield, there's a veil, there's a curtain. There's a hindrance by the cherubims guarding the presence. See how it's the same thing. So, temple or the dwelling place of God, well, where heaven meets, earth, the God meets human being, is the system. So, now we have to think much above the physical. We have to go by faith, not by sight. Right. So, stop thinking about temples, synagogues, church buildings, Roman Catholic, Church, Latin Catholic, Church, Syrian church, Orthodox church, fighting between all that, but instead understand that this system of God dwelling with human beings exists from the beginning, and that's why He created the world. God created the world so that He can produce an creation according to His own image, and then have communion with Him. That's exactly a dwelling place setting happens, right, where they can mutually exchange each other, having fellowship, having seeing eye to eye, and sharing the thoughts and enjoying that presence each other. That's exactly what a dwelling place is. When two are together, we read about Psalm 133, when when, when the brothers and or sisters come together in one accord, that's the be- most beautiful place. What will happen? We read about right? 133, like the oil which comes out of iron said, going into his through the glory, yeah, exactly. that's where the blessings will shower. That's exactly, that's the temple setting. When we come together in God's presence, the Holy Spirit coming down through Christ and then enriching us with God's presence—that's one, one-third degree the temple setting, the tabernacle setting. So that's being carried on into tabernacle and then to Solomon's temple. And then what happened to Solomon's temple? We see that every time if somebody tries to touch the ark of covenant, people dying. If you, if the high priest go inside the veil without being prepared properly, without being sacrificing properly, he will die.
1: Right?
0: right? So if you know that, uh, so the way, high, only high priest can go in. So what they will do is they will tie some kind of bells, uh, a bell into his clothes to the high priest. So that when, if he is moving around inside the holy place, holy, most holy of holies, they can listen, they can hear the bell ringing. Which means he's alive. That's fine. But if the bell stops ringing, which means something has happened to high priest, high priest is out dead, Nobody can go and I mean, take the corpse out, right? The dead body out. Nobody can go enter because they will also die. So what they used to do is they will have a long chain or some kind of rope attached to his leg, and it will be extended out oh, through yeah. out to the holy place. Yes. So, standing in the holy place, if something happens to the high priest, they have to use this rope to pull him out. So it was that serious, that that kind of setting. And we know that people who touch the Ark of Covenant died even outside. Yeah. It's not covered. It will be covered when they are moving this, and it's mobile. They have to cover it and move. And have you? Okay, there. Are, okay, let's not go there. Let's that confuse you. Okay, so now. We understand that there are three parts and there are many things which is have gotten off. So now we are trying to think a little bit about the physical structures, about our own religious mindset that temple or tabernacle is something God wants. The God's creation of human being, the reason why I am created by God is so that he can have a temple sitting with me, a dwelling place with me where I and my creation, my, my creator can, the creation and the creator can exchange their presence, exchange having fellowship, exchange their emotion, everything, that's what God wants. That's why even after everything happened in the Garden of Eden, that initial temple setting was messed up by the plan of Satan. So again he's coming back saying, I'm going to create a new temple setting. Yes, there are cherubim guarding; they cannot enter, but still I'm trying to teach them that this is what I want to. I am not a holy God running away from sin. I'm going to make my manifest presence in midst of sin. That's why when he calls Moses, there's a burning bush. What does that signify? What kind of bush was
1: it? What kind of plant? It's the the The
3: God, God's presence.
0: No, what kind of plant was it? Like physical... it was a burning bush, but what kind of bush was it? Acacia? Acacia? No. no. What was it? I can't
1: remember. It was a bush
0: in the green... <laughs> I think it was a... It was with thorns or something, right? So... Yeah. Yeah. It's
2: not a dried bush, it's proper bush with the...
0: Like Exodus 3... One to 12, that's where we read. God appears to Moses in a burning thorn bush. Not just a normal bush. It's a thorn bush. Where, where else do we see thorns? A cactus are known. Cactus, but yeah, but in Bible. Roses,
3: they have. the we see In Bible, who? What, Jesus was a crown
0: of thorns. Yes. Ah, you are crowned thorns. the thorns. The crown of thorns. Yes. That's exactly yeah. what We see why did he? What's the significance there? Why is he wearing a crown of thorns? Why can't he wear a crown of some other plant?
3: So that pierced and it, it, pierced. it, it gives the pain.
0: Yeah, but he it could have been a crown of nails. Let's say why is specifically thorn
3: to signify sin.
0: Signify sin. Where do you see thorn? why? Why is thorn connected to sin? Who created thorns? Do you see in the creation history? where exactly the thorn was created,
1: thorns. Did God create such a
0: plant? No. So there's a significant, everything in Jesus did has some kind of spiritual meaning. So, okay, I don't want to say this this is a homework. Go find out why the thorn bush was there and why Moses see this burning bush, which is a thorn bush. And flame is on top of it, and it's not consuming the bush. That's a right? That's a miracle. So that's the homework. Go figure out. Sit with the Holy Spirit. No, try not to Google initially. Uh, yes.
3: Yeah, Ad, Adam, Adam went out of the garden.
0: Yeah, yeah, but don't say. Let them figure it out. But anyway, so there are significance. So the eventually. God's presence came down on sinful people too. Like the Israelites were sinful people, but they had a chance to be in the presence of God, being led by the presence of, presence of God, being blessed by the presence of God, even though they are out of Garden of Eden. Then going forward, Jesus Christ comes. He's a Jewish man. So he goes to temple, the same temple set up. So now let me ask: What temple is this one? It's the first temple or second temple or third temple or what number of temple is it?
3: The same temple, first.
0: Who created the first temple?
3: God, God Himself, and Jesus Christ.
0: No, no, no. The temple, the temple, the physical building, the physical temple structure for Jewish um, people. Solomon, Solomon created the first Jesus. temple in the same pattern as Tabernacle. Yes. David wanted to create it, but Solomon created it. And what happened to it? So, in the Solomon's Temple, in there was there a Holy of Holies? Yes. And what was in the Holy of Holies in Solomon's Temple? Uh, the Ark of Covenant. Covenant
1: and the altar.
0: Oh, yeah, altar, etc. And what happened to that temple
1: sitting on the in the dwelling place? I think the
2: Babylonians... Mm-hmm. Eventually got destroyed the
0: whole thing. Yeah, correct. By the So, now, so yes. when Solomon dedicates the temple, God comes and say that I will bless you. I will come and dwell in your temple. Now this is a different temple setup, right? Previously the tabernacle kept moving, and now it's going to be one physical place. It's not going to be moved. But God hears Solomon's prayer and He says, "I will bless. I will come and dwell." But hear one thing if you disobey and if you go wayward, if you be sinful, I will destroy the... I will destroy this place. No, he didn't say that. Temple. He said, I will destroy the temple. Basically, what he said is, I will stop manifesting. There won't be any place where you can come into my presence. He didn't say that I'm going to kill everybody. I'm going to destroy the nation. He never said that. He said instead, "This setting where we can the heaven meets earth setting, the Garden of Eden, the Tabernacle setting where you the, we can have a fellowship, that will cease to exist the moment you were sinful." And did Solomon did that? He w- went. They went and he broken all the commandments. He did all that. We know that story. And what happened after Solomon? His sons took over. They were fighting, and then. Uh, the Kingdom was divided. one become kingdom of Israel, and they became Kingdom of Judah. There, there was no kingdom of Judah before Solomon, right? Solomon when Solomon was ruling, it was just one kingdom of Israel, then it became two Kingdom of Judah and Kingdom of Israel. Kingdom of Israel was defeated by Babylonians. Mm-hmm. The Kingdom of Judah, I think later, Assyrian they came on, they also, Cover so the kingdom of Judah had the temple. The the, the the other invaders came and destroyed the temple completely, just like Father God said initially to Solomon. If you don't walk in my standards, this will this dwelling place will cease to exist, and it did cease to exist. So the first temple was gone. So when Jesus came into picture, it's not the first temple. So, if you look mm-hmm. at the old testament again somewhere else, we are building a new temple, second temple. So, what happened later is Persian invaders came, they conquered the land, but the king of Persia was kind enough. He was said, Okay, all the exiled Jews, you, you guys are fine, you can go. I'm ruling you guys, but you can go have your own religion, you can worship, go back and build a temple. That's what Estra, etc. Right? Do you read the old testament? You read it. New test, new temple was built by the Jewish people, but it was allowed by the invader, the Persian king. So there was a difference in the second temple. That's a temple where when Jesus came into picture, that's a temple which is standing there. The second temple that temple didn't have it had a holy of holies, but didn't have the Ark of Covenant. Nobody knows where the Ark of Covenant went, even today. No one knows what happened.
2: Jeremiah hid it in a mountain, He said,
0: In Maccabees 2, which only Catholic churches have, like Catholic Bible have, Maccabees, it's mentioned during that attack of uh, Assyria, or Syria, to destroy Solomon's Temple, it was hidden in somewhere by Jeremiah, Prophet Jeremiah. That's the only statement, but we nobody knows where it was hidden, how it was hidden, no one has seen it and Jewish people are still waiting for it to appear. But that's the second temple setting. So, yeah, there is Holy of Holies, but the Ark of Covenant is missing. Now, Jesus comes and he makes a very bold statement. What did he say? He said, destroy.
3: I am the this uh, temple and I rebuild it in three days.
0: Yeah, and what everybody thought he was talking about the second temple and he said okay blasphemy, kill him. But Bible, Bible itself, the gospel itself says he was not talking about the physical temple, but he was yes. talking about his son, yes. which will be the structure on the third. Now, did Jesus equate him to a temple?
1: Yes. He, yes. yes.
0: Now yes. you understand, right? It's a dwelling place of yes. human yes. beings. Yes. With the God. Yes. Jesus was completely human. And he was completely. Divine. That's why he was a temple. That's why he was a dwelling place. And he was telling. You will destroy this temple as well. But. This will be.
1: Constructed.
0: will be reconstructed. And now. Saint Paul. Says something else. What does he say? Jesus was destroyed. That temple was destroyed, or that setup where heaven was meeting um, earth, where God was indwelling with human form. Humans and uh, basically in Jesus Christ, body, fully human, fully divine, Holy Spirit dwelling without any sin. There's no cherubim, no acts, no sinful curtain, no veils w- in there. But that setting was also destroyed. So now. The temple which Jesus mentioned, which he himself is, that sitting is different from the previous setting. Can you tell me why that temple was different? What was the difference from the tabernacle or the Solomon's temple versus Jesus? Now you have to think a little bit differently. When I'm saying temple, it's a sitting where God dwells with human spirit. (laughs) In that sense, the tabernacle, okay. Let me come, continue, complete it because we don't have much time. Solomon's temple had a veil or a curtain. Tabernacle okay. had a veil or curtain, and they cannot enter freely. And there was a hindrance from God's presence existing, coexisting with human spirit. But, but in Jesus' case, he was without sin. There was no hindrance. It is as if in the initial setup, when before fall, in the Garden of Eden, they were dwelling together without any hindrance. So same kind of setup has appeared in in the earth through Jesus Christ. And he said, now you will also destroy this temple also, which he himself refers to, but I will recreate it. In three days, I will recreate it. And then in St. Paul says, now who is the temple? He looks That's at one who believes in Jesus Christ and said now you are the temple here. spirit which means what mm-hmm. we each we we sitting in the soul meeting and everybody who believes in Jesus Christ as a Messiah has that setup what setup is it we when he says we are the temple it's not that somebody should, should come come and worship us he what Saint Paul is saying that now you are the dwelling place you are the setup where heaven is meeting earth, where God is meeting human being, in me, in you. We don't understand the spiritual depth. We don't understand the spiritual reality. That's why we are wasting our time enjoying the earthly pleasure or worrying about it. Either, way. Either you enjoy or you are destroyed by the world. You enjoy the world or you destroy destroyed or you are not living at all. So once we understand that I have that system were the same system which existed in the Garden of Eden. I am that system. I am that temple. Our approach to life change. If this becomes a reality, I'm, I'm afraid because I, I wasn't preparing this thing. So Holy Spirit is talking through me, but I'm afraid how much it will hit into your brain and it will change you because there will be hindrance in between us. So let's focus a little bit more Go back and think about what we discussed today. Ponder about how I am the same setup, like I'm a temple, how I'm a dwelling place. Now you try to figure out what's your structure. If you are the temple, that's another homework. If you are the temple, let's say I am the temple. you personalize it, if I am the temple, what kind of structure do I have? Is there a holy of holies? Where is the spirit meeting? Who is the priest? What's the significance of all this lamppost? What is the significance of the bread kept there? What is the washing of hands? What happened to the veil? Do I have something like that? That's a homework. I don't want to speak it out because it will be limited in your understanding. But I want Holy Spirit to reveal it to you. If you work with Holy Spirit, yes, he is going to reveal it to you. But it all depends on how much commitment, how much importance and priority you give to this task. So let's disperse today. May the Holy Spirit fill you with the wisdom and understanding and reveal the secrets. So let's close our eyes and let's ask only that. Let's not ask for anything else. Father, we are asking, we know we are sinners, but you choose to dwell among the sinners. You came when we were sinners. You were seeking us so that you can Give your light to our fallen, into our darkness. Father, when your word reveals, it produces lights. Father, we want to understand the word of God. We want to understand the depths of this truth. This truth. Fill us with your wisdom. Fill us with your understanding. And this week, when we dig deep enough, when we are, when we are digging deep enough to understand the, the secrets of the kingdom of God, understanding that this is a treasure, that the kingdom of God is like a treasure hidden in the field where we have to go and buy and dig and understand it. We want to dig, explore and find this hidden treasure, Father. Your word promises that you will reveal to us the hidden treasures in the darkness and we cling to that promise and we claim that promise that every one of us will understand the in-depth meaning of this temple setup up have given to us through Jesus Christ. Father, bless us Take away every distraction from our mind. Help us to focus and concentrate on your word, on you alone, Christ. We repent of our sins. We promise and we are taking a bold decision that we will, with a higher importance, higher priority, we will follow you, Holy Spirit. We are asking your forgiveness. Pardon us for all the time we ignored you. We are a temple where your presence is dwelling. Help us to understand how you reside in us. Help us to understand what you feel to live within us. Reveal everything for. We ask everything in the name of Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 So thank you everyone. See you next thank you, week. Brother. Thank you.
1: Thank, thank you, brother. brother. Thank
0: you, brother. See you everybody.
1: See, See you. Bye bye. Next week.